Hello again, Prem de la Prem. This is Andy the Engineer calling in on behalf of Patrick and James to thank you, each and every one of you listeners, for tuning in week after week during this global pandemic just to talk and listen to football. I was blown away this year by Liverpool's performance, winning the entire table with seven weeks remaining. That sort of dominance, quite frankly, is unheard of. They were favored to win the table coming into it, and they lived up to every expectation led by their superstars, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Right behind Liverpool... Dozens of points away was Manchester City, Manchester United, and Chelsea joining them in the Champions League. A small, beleaguered shout-out to my friends at Leicester City. I really wanted you to join three out of those four teams in the Champions League, but alas, it was not meant to be falling to Manchester United 2-0 in the final game. The small, tiny silver lining is that Jamie Vardy was awarded the Golden Boots. So congratulations to him. I also noted that Ederson and Nick Pope of Manchester City and Burnley, respectively, put up the most clean sheets this year. Uh, you got to have a backstop if you're going to succeed in any goal-based sport. And uh, those two definitely lived up to the challenge. Also, a s- even smaller congratulations to Aston Villa, who by hook or by crook, managed to avoid relegation by clawing their way back from sure banishment. In the end, the three teams being relegated were Bournemouth, Watford, and Norwich City, scoring 21 total points in 38 games. Quite frankly, I hope they get better next time they're in the Premier League. So with that, thank you everyone for tuning in week after week to Prem de la Prem. I hope all Each and every one of you are safe and unaffected by COVID-19. Please do everything you can to take care of yourself and your friends and family around you. And by the time the next season starts, I will be ready. You will be ready. The world will be ready for English football. Take care. Stay safe. And I love you. Andy. I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute respect. Respect. Respect, man. Prem de la Prem. Sidebar. Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track this This quickly. is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon. And Patrick. You were in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem, the final episode of the season. We're in the afterglow of the longest, strangest Premier League season to date, and boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you all to wrap it up tonight. Uh, 
We got some segments you know and love, even a surprise interview peppered in. You were just greeted with the vocal stylings of Andy the Engineer some more to wrap up the season from a factual perspective. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And a man who can't say many things better himself, Patrick Crowley. How are you doing? Doing well. And again, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to try to compete with Andy. That's a, uh, that's a fool's errand. Yeah, the, uh, the bravado that comes with that. It's a man who's earned his way. There's a reason we put him at the top of the show. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, Patrick, the twists and turns are finally in the rearview mirror. Uh, I think it's just safe to say you had a little less stressful of a final Premier League season uh, match week, uh, but it'll be coming back around your way for the Chelsea-Arsenal um, FA Cup final this weekend, which we're looking yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it worked out for you, James, but, you know... Never, never good to be stressing on match week thirty-eight. So as please, Arsenal never handled good. their business. Handled their business before then, um, like true professionals. To, yeah. yeah, didn't have to worry about it. It was all done and dusted, signed, sealed, delivered. On to the next season. Thank you very much, lads. Um, yeah, yeah. You we'll think about the uh, you think about the sound bites in in sports history of a manager or someone being like, "Well, shit, we just need to win out," and then they go and win out. This is an example of the documentary that doesn't get made when Mikel Arteta is like, "Well." We just need to win out, and then you like draw the first yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, you can't. It no, was we the lost latter. The, we lost the first game. Oh, oh we okay. lost the first two games, uh, City, and then to Brighton. And yeah, <laughs> so uh, it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go well. Um, but I mean, how many movies? How many movies do you think don't get made? But like, it's it's smart by Arteta to say that because you, by saying it, you set the stage for the based on the true story. If you don't say it, then people got to kind of come up with the narrative that. He said something like that when he never did. So he's just, yeah. he's just playing. I've, I have been one to question. I have been one to question the bar of based on a true story. But we I like inspired by a true story <laughs> because that doesn't mean anything. That's like, it's like you know, James, me and you play golf, and that inspired me to to, to write a war movie. You know, it could be mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. anything. Inspiration comes in many forms. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Andy inspired, inspired me to renew my LAFC. Season ticket. Ooh. Is that even an option? I think I'm on auto pay. I don't know. You are. Yeah, I mean, you're the main guy. Anyway, Patrick, we're here to talk <laughs> We're here to talk the Prem. Uh, like, like we said, Andy did a little bit of the statistical wrap-up. Um, I did want to talk to you about a general theme and something that's been coming up with our fans and, and what they write into us. Uh, we talked about the Premier League overall being due for a sustained European domination period in the, in the coming years. Um, but interestingly, if points equal quality, uh, it feels like the teams in the Prem, aside from Liverpool, who took 99 points, and City, are underperforming. I think the best case to look at is um, United, who finished in third with 66 six points, which was, the, you know, I'll be the first one to say it was the same points total that earned them six last season, and then obviously Chelsea and so on and so forth. So I guess my question for you is, in reflection of the season... Do you think the overall quality of the Premier League is increasing and there's just competitiveness from 1st to 20th? Or do you think the traditional top six, or however you classify them now, are, um, like I said, underperforming? I think it's a little column A, a little column B, Sir how, James. How did I know? How did yeah, I know? just set me up. I mean, you know me too well. Um, You'll always pick a little bit of both. Oh, man, why... Why why, why come out of the fence when you could just straddle right in the middle <laughs> yeah. and then why? just weave it left or right and then I'll be right either way. That's the you know, some people are doing that right now. Um I, I think that I think that a new era is coming in, in the Premier League. Um and so I'll I'll answer this 
as right now, I do think that these teams are underperforming. I think to finish third in, in 66 points, fourth 66 points, gross, I'm not having, yeah. a, having a go here at uh, United and Chelsea, but you just look at the other top leagues. That's not what it takes to finish that. It's about 10 more points. It's mid I think it's hard to have a go. You know, it's, it's a hard subject to banter because it's a sequential order. You know, what about 5th through 20th if you're bantering 3rd and 4th? You know, shit, shit flows down river. Sure, yeah. I mean, I haven't done a full analysis of every league table, but I gotta, I, I gotta imagine that 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 that. I mean, the points are evenly spread. They will be kind of throughout. There's one. I can't, I can't remember one league, but there was one league where the relegation battle was just insane. I think like the bottom eight teams mm-hmm. with like three or four match weeks were still in play. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm I'm more speaking towards the top half of the table. I think that that's sure. what's really relevant when you compare across across leagues. leagues. Yeah, yeah, and and we've had over the last. Um, what several years we've had kind of intruders, I guess, if you will, to the top, the normal top six. Leicester this year, obviously, and winning the league previously. Uh, Wolves were were right on mm-hmm. the precipice of it last year. Um, there were years years past where both Chelsea and Liverpool were were well outside the top six. So, I mean, I think I think that there are new teams that are scratching at that top six. Um, but the gap at the top is so large that I think that these rest of the teams, especially the ones with money, the City, United, Chelsea, they're they're going to close that gap. It's just inevitable. And then when they close that gap, then I think that that is that era of Premier League dominance, mm-hmm. if that answers your question. It does. And you touched on the column A and the column B. Mm. I was almost surprised there wasn't a column C, like a new element that you were going to introduce to the argument. But uh, I wanted to, but I'm I'm learning on I'm I'm trying to let other people speak and not really <laughs> monopolize the conversation. So how do what I do work you eighth think, place James? Arsenal into this? You know, most most leagues are about the top eight these days. You know, and that's where um, yeah, that's where success really starts with the number eight. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I think it's I think it's more the latter. I think it is traditional top six teams slacking and allowing the rest of the teams, the rest of the league to catch up. Um, I don't think it's been a classic season by any means. You'll ask United, you know, over over the moon, United fans, over the moon for the third place finish, but is this one you're going to put on DVD and rewatch this season? God, no. Um, I think same goes for Chelsea, you know, the first season with Frank Lampard, and it, it finished, re- like, results-wise pretty well for them, but... Again, wasn't a classic season. They had their they had their ups and downs. But I think you touched on this point: the way City is going to retool their defense and continue their like immense attacking options. Uh, the way Liverpool is going to, you know, consolidate what they have, and then the way um, Chelsea's bringing in Ziyech and Werner and potentially Havertz. We'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a period of retooling that I think will usher in that age of dominance that I think. You know, we we discussed with Carl a little earlier in uh in the season. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. gonna just people are gonna be forced to forced to keep up, or that gap will will remain. And I I wonder what I'm curious most about is how fluid is that gap? Like last last two seasons ago, what was it? City by 20 points. Last season they were neck and neck, and then now it's Liverpool by 20 points. Mm-hmm. Like, is there another club that closes the gap? Did Liverpool start to drop points? I'm gonna like, go ahead much- and say it. I think. Next season, right now, in my mind's eye, it's a four-horse race. It's a four-horse race between the top four. And I, I'm so I'm so excited for that. Okay. I'm so up for that. Um, I still put Liverpool and City 
as favorites ahead of United and Chelsea, but you, I could I could argue my way into any of those teams winning the title. Yeah, yeah, and some some have even said it's a five horse race. So uh, mm. there's mm. there's a lot. Of I haven't I that, haven't uh, ventured to the Arsenal subreddit, but or is, no, is that no, who no. you're referring to? Oh, no, 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 that's what, that's what we're, no, that's when we're talking about a twelve horse race, and then it's <laughs> then it's on, then it's on, and that's you're it's you really anyone's foil, game. You have tinfoil hats on your tinfoil hats when you're starting to make that case, and, and James, trust me, I've I've been there. The the manifesto is long, uh, but it's it's not oh, ready. Just for wait for the release. website. Yeah. yeah, hey, don't tease the website too early. Yeah, first, uh, first well, let's, article um, is 20,000 words. Let's pivot our view of the table uh, yes. down to the dumpster. Pat, here's a segment that I'm calling One Man's Treasure is Another Man's Trash in the sense that the best players on these relegated teams could go and warm up the bench at a good, at a good club. So okay. as we know, Norwich obviously relegated before this match week and then in dramatic fashion – Watford, the absolute capitulation without a solid manager. Um, I think every neutral was kind of happy to see Watford get relegated. Um, I know a player we're going to mention in a minute puts a smile on your face to see him go down. And then sadly, Bournemouth, who went out and did the business against Everton. They got the result they needed, um, ultimately ended up getting relegated because Aston Villa got a result against West Ham. But these three teams, let's run through some players um, some hypotheticals, and Patrick, I want you to tell me if you think they're good enough to stay in the Prem, and if you have a, a you, you could venture a guess as to where they might go. So let's start with Norwich. Um, he he came off or he started the season on a heater and really died down after Project Restart. Uh, Timu Puki, what do you think the future holds for him? Um, if you had asked me in October, James, I would have said the limit. Real Madrid, surefire, surefire uh, Premier League starter, and he belongs in the league no matter what. But uh, it, it, I, I find it hard to make the case, especially at his age. I think he's he's like thirty, isn't he? He's not young, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I I find it hard to make the case to to put him onto the team. But mm-hmm. you know he could he could do well on a team. I think that's you know a team like Burnley. I think that they kind of rely on uh, mm-hmm. you know singular type striker and a really compact team. I think he could do I well. I could see on a him team in like that Clarendon blue. Yeah, but I, I I think most teams would rather go for a younger a younger and a different option. So I think that he will either stay in the championship with with Norwich or, or be on his way abroad. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. It's funny. I, I I'm suddenly in the same boat where I think we're so biased towards what is most recent. Even if he's had right. a good first half of the season, you know, you look at his you look at his most recent highlights. I was watching some of that. Um, five nil city stomping, which by the way, Norwich had a marginal offside called off to go up one nil. Um, so it was an interesting game, but Timu Puki, you, you know how you can judge body language pretty well from, from the TV and Timu Puki received the ball on a breakaway and you could, you could just tell he didn't want the ball at his feet and just scuffed some chance right at Ederson. Um, so you can really tell that the confidence is not flowing. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's confidence, uh, and maybe he would be, do better. Maybe it's fitness. Maybe he couldn't handle the pace, but he did well in the championship, and I, I honestly don't think that fitness would be that big of a differentiating factor between the two leagues. Mm. Uh, so mm. we'll see. We'll yeah. see. What about I his compatriot, uh, not compatriot, his teammate, uh, Todd Cantwell? I think Todd Cantwell will be in the Premier League next year. I think he showed yeah. his class. I think he also is very green. 
So I'd like to see him go to a mid-table side uh, before he makes, uh, you know, a step. Oh, up the Gunners him. in for him. He's a, he's a boyhood Arsenal fan, and so you know I think I think if he's if you want to call him like the budget, um, the budget. Oh, you Jack really leaned, you really leaned into that one. Damn respect. Yeah, yeah. If if yeah if he um, if you want to call him like the budget Jack Grealish, then yeah, that's kind of the market we'd be in, right? Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be okay with him, but I think I'd prefer. I mean, I'm not going to make every segment here about Arsenal, but I think I'd, I'd prefer for him that he stay in a mid-table side and kind of see if he could flex on maybe a Southampton, maybe uh, an Everton or Newcastle, like one of those mid-table sides that has a little I was bit more say, of a I creative could see it, identity. I could see him at a Everton for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crystal yeah. Palace even. like those, Maybe even like West Ham I think could be a fun one for him. So I'd like to I'd like to see him at a, at a place like that where they do kind of take their chances going yeah. forward, play a little bit more of an open game. I don't think he'd be suited for a Sheffield or a Burnley or, or something that played or Brighton. Just a grafting a team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need yeah. to be a little more burly. Um, mm-hmm. He's got too much flair. You know, Roy Hodgson's been string, sprinkling his old man dust at Crystal Palace. I saw they have like an average player age of like 29 and a half, so maybe some fresh blood could work out there. Yeah. Uh, do have let's... A, yeah. Let's move How to, old is Jordan Ayew? I feel like he's been probably, around forever. Oh, I don't know. Good question. Good question. The answer. Hold, please. He's 28, Patrick. He's 28 years old. Well, you are older than Jordan Ayew. Well, I, I mean, f- a, footballing a, must be a look a at stressful, yourself in the mirror moment. Stressful profession because it's it's, it's wearing on him. <laughs> shots fired yeah uh okay let's pivot let's, let's... it's my first direct shot at any player in the premier league and it, you right. take it at jordan i for having a bad hairline <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't even thinking the hairline that's on you i was just just he, we'll like try and get in touch invoke the rivalry yeah why not why not i'm sure he hates arsenal everyone does sure why not uh, speaking of hating Arsenal, let's move to Watford and particularly <laughs> Mr. Cahoney's Troy Deeney. First of all, how do you feel about him going down? Did it make you happy? Yeah, a tiny bit, but I don't. I I think that I I kind of I like what Mikel Arteta said midweek because he people have been trying to like get an, uh, a rise out of Arsenal all week about like having the opportunity to to send Deeney down, and you know Arteta said, well, if you get upset by it, then part of you probably thinks it's true. So it's a very personal thing. I'm not upset by it, but if you are, then it, you know, you probably got to look yourself in the mirror, which right. just, just 12 or six to midnight. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I want to hear out of my manager. Like if, if, if Neil Mape and Troy Deeney are our rivals, then, you know, that's, that's the problem right there. So I like, I like Love that approach. That. Just and, belittle him while also shutting down a rumor. Right. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more, uh, and all the Arsenal players, you know, we're dapping them up and seem, you know, they seem to be pretty compassionate to the situation. So, yeah. I'll fall surely, away. surely he's a Premier League player, no? There's news. There's, there's rumors of him retiring, which is, um, older than low Cajones, It's a low Cajones move, to be yep. honest. Get relegated and retire. That is Very a low, low Cajones, Cajones move. Especially since he had such a big Cajones move to bring them into the Premier League. If he's only 32. The, he's younger than Jamie Vardy. He is a guy that looks way old. That guy's got a, he's got a weathered face. Troy Deeney, yeah, his next role could be Shrek on Ice, playing the star and role. Yeah, but I actually do like Troy Deeney, like as a guy. Seems like a stand-up dude. Uh, no, I, I kind of think he's past it. 
You know, I just think he's. Yeah, I think he's just a little, little slower. I think you know, Father Time caught up to him. And you don't see him at a Newcastle. I mean, if I see him in, in he blend league, into society. Yeah, he would just. Yeah, he'd, he. He. They. Yeah, if he was sitting in the in the stands, they'd accuse him of having a fan in the stands. <laughs> no, I could. Uh, no, I, yeah, I. I don't know. He. He just feels like Watford to me, and maybe that's because Watford hasn't been in this spell in the Premier League. Well, for no, a long he time, is. But, he is synonymous with the club for sure. Right, and so it's just it's it's it's. I'm having a tough time picturing him going mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Well, what about your what about your England hopeful Ben Foster? Oh, he's he's a he's a top ten keeper in the league. Ben Foster absolutely I, belongs in the Premier League. I could see him going to be like the backup at Liverpool or something like that, or like the backup at Chelsea. I feel like that's a well-suited role to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who backing up Kepa or Caballero? Doesn't matter. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't. Is he is he third string or is he second string? Probably second string. Got it. I'd say yeah, he'd back up one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at these clubs and. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where he'd, I don't know where he'd go. But I mean, if he's playing for Watford, surely he's open to go anywhere. So I, I think. But you think he's gonna secure a move this summer? I do, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's a proven Premier League goalkeeper, and those are are not easy to find. Uh, and I know he gave mm-hmm. up a, a, a lot of goals this year, but that team was that team was gross. He was he was making he was standing <laughs> on his head every game I watched. On occasion, he definitely was. He passed the eye test. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, how many shellackings can you take and still hold your head Bro. up high? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you were watching the. Um, they played West Ham. Was that midweek last? That was before they played Arsenal, I think. Or no, before they played. Yeah, it was a couple weeks City. ago. Nigel Pearson's last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was before their two final games against right. Arsenal and City. So, and I remember in that game, him just absolutely screaming at his back line after after West Ham was just putting so much pressure on 3-0 up. He, right. he, you knew you were playing for your life in the Premier League and that team had nothing in it. So right. I don't put that on Ben Foster. I think he's quite oh, yeah, he'll move, he'll move right along. Mm-hmm. Um, then this last one, special third player edition, which is a shout-out to Kiki Terry, who actually sent this in and didn't ask us anything. Appreciate you keeping that alive, Kiki. Um, Danny Welbeck, a player near to both of our hearts, former United and Arsenal player, now most recently of Watford. Um, had a little spark to him towards the end of the season with that overhead goal, overhead kick goal, and then some classic waylay moments of howling misses. And that's kind of the story of his career when you mix injuries in there as well, like a little inconsistent and unpredictable. Do you think Welbeck deserves to stay in the Premier League? Might be biased here, but but I do. He's he's a guy that can put it put in a shift. Uh, and a productive shift at that in many types of systems across all three forward playing positions. But like you said, taking him on is just going to be a risk with his injury history, and I could see teams shine away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't healthy this whole season at Watford. He wasn't healthy any of his last couple seasons at, at Arsenal. So uh, and, and I, you could speak to his Manchester United time, but I, I feel like he's been plagued by injuries his whole career in some capacity. Uh, so I, he scored an away goal at the Bernabeu in the round of sixteen in the Champions League. Yeah, that's yeah. like this. That's like a yeah. El, El Neni scored at Camp Nou, and that's it's, <laughs> there's like weird there's there's every, just weird moments in history you can't yeah put your yeah, finger yeah. on. I, I remember this is a total like 
remember Barcelona beat Liverpool before Liverpool beat Barcelona? And they, yeah. it was three nothing on the first time and four yeah. nothing on the back. After the first the first three nothing game at Camp Nou, uh, there's so many memes, Arsenal memes going around, which was like just pictures of Salah and then a picture of El Nene being like scoring at Camp Nou. Your Egyptian could never. <laughs> <Just all this. laughs> so good. This yeah. is a total. This is a total uh, digression now, but I remember. We were the year we went to the final and got waxed by I think the best team of all time, 2011 Barcelona. Um, we played Schalke in the semifinal, and I went back and looked at that starting lineup. We had Darren Gibson, who was like most recently seen on the Sunderland documentary about them just plummeting down the English league tables. <laughs> he started in our center mid in a Champions League semifinal. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the same doesn't become of Danny Welbeck uh, to bring it back on course because I do think he is a Premier League quality player. Like I can't name, like I feel like Aston Villa survived because of Grealish in their midfield. I can't name who their striker was. Like why not take a punt on a player like Welbeck? Now that you're survived, right? Yeah, yeah. No, th- those are, and I think that that's kind of the home that he'll find. He'll find right. uh, where he. I mean, he got he got to start with Watford, which is basically. It was a proving ground for him. Can you still play in the Premier League? Here's a team that's going to be at the bottom of the table. But let's remember, Watford was kind of expected to be a mid-table team this year. They had a horrendous right. year and right. ended up going down. So I, I think that he'll be able to find a home um, probably at a team, yeah, Villa, West Ham, who knows what even like a West Brom or, or, or a Leeds might need. I'm not, the third team is still undecided, I believe, but those are the two teams coming up mm-hmm. uh, that I know of so far. Oh yeah, that's Everton, a good point. It Everton seems like a good place to go when it hasn't worked out at a bigger club, so maybe he'd fit in there. <laughs> Watford being the bigger club to Everton? No, no, I was more having to go at Everton just having It will be Walcott. Will be Yeah, Walcott. gangs all here. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Schneiderlin at a bigger club in there for a while? Uh, yeah, maybe at not. one point, at one point. Yeah. Um all right, let's bring it to Bournemouth then. Two players here. Or two people, rather. Uh, Josh King. Um, honestly, I don't really rate him, but he's probably <laughs> good enough. He's probably good enough. Um, he's just been, tuck- he's get... been tucking away mad penalties. Yeah, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I, I he's, he's, he's better than Andre Gray, but what does that really say about you? Uh, so, I don't know. He'll... he'll is he good enough? Honestly, James, I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I don't rate him. Uh, then you should probably stay off the menu subreddit because we got some absolute mopes in there saying he'll be a good backup to Martial. Um, mm. No, I, I I don't rate him either. I think that was mostly just like we could get a bargain for him as a former United player in Bournemouth going down. I do think he's probably too good for the championship, so I'm actually going to invoke something you said um, in the round before this, I think he could join a West Brom or a Leeds mm. and, uh, you know, stake his claim there. Yeah. And, and let's remember, um, between Wolves and I forget who did it this past summer, teams have come into the Premier League and spent, like really spent in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. So I would not put it past who was it Norwich that really spent? Was it no, Villa? Uh, the, Villa? Yeah. Villa. Villa really spent. Okay. Uh, and then, and obviously, Wolves really maybe not spent, but they they certainly kind of came and stated their claim and made their ambitions clear. Sure. So there's he, he he absolutely could fit into a team like that, especially one that thinks 
like, I mean, there's there's a lot of hype. I mean, as much hype as you can have from a promoted team around uh, Lielsa and, and not Lielsa, Leeds and Bielsa. Um, <laughs> the, old, the old mind melt there, James. I mean, uh, one and the same. Right. Uh, but they're, and they, they played Arsenal in the FA Cup this year, and they're, you know, I mean, I guess Arsenal is, doesn't say much about Arsenal, but they gave us a, a, a decent game, mm-hmm. Leeds did. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he could fit in there. Yeah. All right. Well, the big one, the main man, Eddie Howe future of England England coaching. Um, mm. What do you think the future holds for him? It, it does not sound convincing in his interviews that he's going to stay at Bournemouth. I'll say that much. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It feels kind of like a, um, a year off kind of situation for me. I don't think he's going to be managing a Premier League to start next year. But oh, I wow. think that he, he he's is going to step down. Well, if he, I think he could stay with Bournemouth. But I'm looking at these other teams, and like, what's a landing place for him to start? Is anyone looking for a manager? Is anyone looking to sack a manager? I mean, maybe. I mean, Everton have a long-term project going on. I think I'm just literally going down the list, and I'm skipping over Wolves, skipping over Sheffield, skipping over Burnley. Sure. I think I think they're all. And, and Southampton had a uh, sure. a really good year. Everton's they got the long-term revival, project. Yeah. Newcastle. Honestly, probably not, but you know that, that's always a possibility. I feel like they go through managers pretty quick. Palace, the same thing. Everyone um, just pissed off that Steve Bruce did an okay job. Yeah, exactly. The most begrudging of praise. Yeah, he got he got the middle of the table, and they're like, "He's he's only mediocre." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, he's in the he's in the middle of the table." <laughs> um, and then what's his name? Uh, Porter, I think, is doing a great job at Brighton. Potter, uh, but close. Potter. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I, yeah, I, I didn't think about it in the sense of like who would just shove their manager aside to bring in yeah. Eddie Howe. Um, yeah, and I think I think he kind of mailed it in. You know, it just it just seemed like a like a pretty pathetic fizzling out really over the last few years. So I think that he could do well if he went somewhere that uh, you know had a little bit more financial backing and he could yeah. kind of invest in the right players because I sure. do think he's a quality manager. So I think he should probably just wait for a team to be underperforming and sack their manager and, and take over midseason and kind of start his project the way, you know, Arteta and Mourinho did this year mm-hmm. and Ancelotti, you know, that, yeah. that opportunity will be there for him. But, and so I would you, like to see him back. I would like to see him back. So you're saying a little bit of Pochettino, not in the sense that he'll get sacked, but go on a little bit of a sabbatical, dangle some lines out there and, and then see what happens. But I do yeah. think he'll be back in the Premier League within the year is my take. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And I don't think he'll stay at Bournemouth, not out of any sort of like allegiance, just like he might stay for a little bit or kind of see a transition plan. I don't know because he's mm-hmm. been there so long, but maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, he, he definitely doesn't like owe said, them anything. He doesn't owe them anything, and it, does, and it sounds like he knows they don't. He doesn't owe them anything. He's, yeah. he's speaking as though uh, he is not coaching in the championship. Yeah. You're definitely doing that awkward eye shuffle if you're a Bournemouth fan and a reporter's asking Eddie Howe if he's going to stay at Bournemouth. And he's like, well, the first thing I got to do is just talk to my agent. Like, right. <laughs> that's not what you want to hear. No. <laughs> no. It's real bad. Yeah. Um, I, before we move on, I want to get your thoughts on two people I think overlooked on Norwich. Um, okay. One, our favorite, Tim Cruel, and um, Max Aarons, young Max Aarons. Well, with Tim Cruel, talk about. We, with Ben Foster, the uh, wild card backup keeper to have on the yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, anytime you you're going to penalties, your two. 
I was staring down the barrel of a Tim Krul masterclass when United was playing Norwich in the FA Cup. So mm-hmm. he should 100% stick around. He's already done a couple tour of duties at some of these teams. Um, or maybe it was just Newcastle. But what would the Premier League be without a little Tim Krul? Yeah, I'd like for him to stay. He's also not a bad keeper by any means. I don't think he's good. I mean, I'm watching some of these goals he's given up. He's he's diving into the goal to make the save. You know, he doesn't even know where the line is. <laughs> yeah, but I think sometimes you got to roll the dice, and just to have him on the roster would benefit. Uh, he has like a, some random games where he like is borderline world class. Yeah, Max Aaron's I don't think is do the big money move yet. It might mm. be a go back to the championship, keep cutting your teeth. And then if you don't come straight back up, then I think he secures a move. But I don't think um, many Premier League clubs will be in for him at a, at a high price. Yeah, and I wouldn't I say at a high Norwich, price. I think that's what Norwich would be looking for. Mm. Uh, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I wasn't thinking about the cost of it. I was just thinking the is he the Premier commodity. League quality objectively? Sure. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Yeah, and it's yeah. At, a, at a position that is. Um, in need, you know, people mm-hmm. that he, he's, I think he can play both, both wing back positions. So yeah, that's a popular position these days. All right. Well, fair enough. let's cruise it right along. Patrick, next up, we're nothing if not men of our word. Uh, so Patrick and I, just before this, we decided to check in with our fantasy premier league winner, Will Jones, AKA my friend is okay. No, over the small matter of a prize. Uh, so folks, we got in touch with Will. We talked about his path to glory in the Fantasy Premier League and uh, what we're going to do about that little jersey. So give it a listen. Okay, we now welcome onto the cast, or back onto the cast. I think he might be our second mm-hmm. recurring guest in history behind Andrew the Engineer Samora. So good company. We're welcoming back Will Jones, a.k.a. My friend is okay now, a.k.a. your first inaugural Prem de la Prem Fantasy Premier League champion. How's it going? Asterisk. Asterisk. How's it going? Ooh. Ooh. Why is there an asterisk? Well, the pause in the season. You know, last weeks were combined. Uh, it got a little ugly. Let's just let bygones be I mean, bygones. Congrats, it sounds like you're Will. blaming me for a pandemic. doesn't really feel like that was my fault, but well, I did win on an even playing field, I'd say. Even though I have to give a shout-out to about half the league for just stopping to play entirely about – Halfway through the season. That was pretty good for me. Yeah, Andy learned how to make substitutions a little too late in the game. You got to say that played a little bit of a factor. Yeah, definitely. Well, Will, let's start off with this. I want to ask you, as Prem de la Prem Fantasy League winner and a supporter of Liverpool, is 2020 the best year of your life? Um. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I'll take the pandemic every day for everyone. I speak for everyone in the world for that, just to have Liverpool win the title. Spoken like a true Liverpudlian. Yeah, and I mean um, Leeds are coming up too, so that's kind Leeds of like my one yeah. B. So it's just the yeah. ultimate screw you to Man United fans this year. Oh, Man United on the name, on the on the lips of lots of uh, lots of, lots of haters this season. Mm. Yeah, Liverpool just couldn't let it be their thing. They had to bring us into it. Yeah. But, uh, no, let's keep it let's keep it objective to the fantasy premier league. I'm sure everyone out there who's gearing up for uh, a a shot at the throne next season and we'll get to that man in particular. I want to ask you, Will, uh 
um, for everyone trying to hone their strategy, could you pinpoint one thing that you did that maybe got you the title or one thing you would recommend to uh, people getting into it? Um, no, I mean, that's my first ever like a, like season a playing that. Uh, no, I mean, oh, I think, wow. yeah, I honestly, I just went onto the fantasy Premier League like subreddit for like 30 minutes before the start of the season and kind of just copied a bunch of people's teams, to be totally honest. Like they were out here with like John Lundstrom being like a midfielder who was classified a defender. And I was like, okay, sounds good to me. And then he kind of just hauled for a while. But I think it's kind of just up to Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandez mm. carrying me through everything. So as a fan of Liverpool, yeah. it was a little tough to rely on them, but the team was stapled to their back every week. Did you have Liverpool players in your team? Uh, yeah, Trent. Trent was a savage, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mo and and uh, Mane being like 12-something like Sterling when De Bruyne started like 9.5 seemed absurd to me. When he ended up being like the highest scoring player in the game, I think. I don't know. Had to be up there. Tied the assist record. Smashed it. Yeah, no, I think he finished with like 250 points, which was the most for an FPL player. So their Instagram account says. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things I didn't really care about. Then I started doing well, and then I was like, oh, I actually care about this now. So of course, that's kind of how it works. Life. Yeah, mine kind of yeah. went. My season kind of went the opposite way there, Will. Um, but yeah, fair play to you. Did you? What in the opposite? In what sense? Did Did you start on top or? Just... No, I um I started caring about it, and then it didn't go well, and then I stopped caring about it. Oh, okay, like a blip on the radar of interest. Yeah, well, no, it was, a, it was a healthy crescendo at the beginning, and then. Yeah, Pat is already weaving quite a narrative for himself. No, I well. yeah, I heard that you've already guaranteed the title to mm-hmm. your own supporters for next year. So that's big. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully, um, I'll be defending. Hopefully, in a New Jersey, which we mm. should discuss because I think there were a lot of loose promises throughout. Uh, a lot of episodes and we'll, nothing was we'll ever sign, really... We'll sign your jersey. All right? yeah, you don't, yeah, don't need to don't ask anymore. Don't Maybe worry. on the inside. You know? Sign it inside. I don't want to get mobbed. Outside. People see me with the signatures on the outside. They try and steal it from me. Yeah, well, so it's a thing called branding. What you want to do yeah. is attach the Prem de la Prem name to every piece of merch. And um, you got yourself a, an award-winning podcast. I mean, do I get to like pick a jersey, or is this a situation where I'm getting like a Manchester United Master Bino jersey sent to me? But <laughs> I have no, nothing to. You, uh... Yeah, we haven't hammered out the details yet. Yeah. Patrick and I need to talk shop. Oh, okay, yeah, I was um, thinking fantastic. a Liverpool number eleven with just salad on the back. So just a, <laughs> just just so off, but you're like, oh, yeah. how did they mess that up? Yeah, just perfect. Yeah. No, something sold outside on the streets out of like mm-hmm. a, a black bag type of thing. Okay, no, we're gonna get you the authentic but not the not no, the match fit one i mean yeah they're, the one they're not the going to be people. nike i'm not looking out for the vapor knit or whatever the like 300 dollars one but uh yeah i don't know it doesn't have to be moving quality yeah we'll get you a proper kit all right will but if you had to boil it down to one option what would that ideal jersey be pat and i still have to work through budget it's somewhere in the 20 to 30 dollar range but if you had an ideal what would it be Ooh, I mean, twenty to thirty dollars sounds like it's coming from like DHgate or fortune, AliExpress. Right? So, what? It's a minor fortune. Yeah, I mean, some would say. Some would say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to finally be on Nike after being on New Balance for so long. So, just waiting for the new cats to drop realistically, and then a horrible fake of whatever jersey I decide would be fantastic. Fair enough. Fair play, Pat. Did you? Uh... 
as an invincible, did you want to get Will's verdict on Liverpool in this season and where they rank in the all-time greats? Yeah, I think it's a great – I mean, while we have them, you know, why not? You know, we, we've talked about it at, at great length where this team could stack up against the great Premier League teams of all time. Several teams have their their um, their stake at it, so Will, why don't we um, – why don't we just see what you think? Coming from a Liverpool fan himself, one of our resident Liverpool fans, where does this team stack up? Best Premier League team of all time. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I'd say top three of all time, realistically. Mm. Uh, I don't think I'd give them the flat out one spot, but I'm not sure exactly who that would go to. But some some order of us, 100 Point City, and then the the Invincibles or wow. 2005 Chelsea also don't get enough mm-hmm. respect. Um, they were pretty That's amazing true. too. So I think you covered all the all the potential best teams of yeah, all time. And James so will say what thoughtful. 2008 United. What <laughs> the treble winning team in '99? Oh my bad. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, no. When you said it's somewhere in the top three, I was like, well, someone on this podcast is going to be butthurt in a second. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. think it was going to be me. Yeah. Well. I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. No, You're not in my not. top three. I I respect I respect you coming into it, making it a discussion versus like a it's without a doubt unanimously up there on their own. So yeah, and will there's if there's one thing we're good at, it's it's baseless speculation. So do you think Liverpool would have broken City Centurion season had there not been an interruption in play? That's a great great question. Um, I'm not sure, but I definitely think Hendo getting injured was like mm. the, the nail in the coffin for that because he just brings an intensity that no one else really has in the midfield. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, their form was kind of sliding towards the end of the season. Not that I ever think that them winning the title would have been in doubt, but I think they could have lost more games than they did. Um, just, yeah, after the game when Saar kind of dismantled them, and they lost, and the this, this streak was finally over. Yeah. Um, there were a couple shaky games, so I don't know. I think the restart came at a decent time. But, again, if Hendo stayed healthy, I, I think that it would have been possible to, to break the record without a doubt. Yeah, when you've got the player of uh, player of the season on your side, anything's possible. Yeah, is that good? I think it is. <laughs> well, what if you just got a Trent Alexander-Arnold jersey, but you put a number two on the back the way it's supposed to be? What about that? What do you mean? Instead of sixty-six, just a two? Yeah. What can he grow up? Can, he's graduated uh, yeah. from the academy. Can well, we I don't know. I mean, that? there's a lot of talk of him being moved into midfield at some point. So maybe that what two would seem even more messed up than the sixty-six. Mm. Yeah. It'd be like, why is your your center mid wearing two? I th- I think we've honed in on the fact that something just needs to be slightly off with whatever you get. So. Yeah. I, no, I I would expect nothing less. <laughs> you know. Banter from a banter podcast. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much for jumping on. I know it was in your contract when you signed on to the Fantasy Premier League, but <laughs> appreciate mm-hmm. the uh, the PR op, and you know we look forward to seeing you smiling in that new kit. Yeah, I'm very curious as to what it'll look like. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, Will. <laughs> Bye. All right, that was Will Jones giving us his lovely take on the path to the title. Uh, Patrick, what do you think the budget set at with the jersey? Just to whatever, really, really hammer it out here. Whatever it takes um, 
to get the Master Vino 69. There is no <laughs> limit on the credit card, James. Just go 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 nuts. That's what we need. The limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we'll we'll get him a we'll get him a jersey. We'll get him I a jersey. Like how begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, but we'll get it for him. He kind of kicked the can down the road with the the launch of the Nike jersey. You know, I thought he would want to strike while the iron was hot, but he's like, let's see how things develop. So I think mm-hmm. we've we've got a little procrastination masterclass on the way. Well, yeah, he's got to go through the whole roster, try to figure out who he wants. You know, he's very cagey about the jersey he wanted. So he was, he was, yeah. I just say we we just do it for him, take care of business. Okay, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll get it sorted. Maybe we'll get him a jersey plans Chamberlain sorted. Arsenal jersey. Ooh. Oh, you know what we should do? The like the parents of players who play on different teams, like a half and half jersey. He'd love that. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Uh, a, well, yeah, half 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 Sala on Chelsea, half uh, half Alex Oxley Chamberlain on Arsenal. Just mush them together. Salad. Salad. <laughs> all right well we'll check in with will when he has to yeah congrats um, when congrats. he has to you know provide the required instagram post that was also in his contract when we signed up the fantasy premier league so we'll get will back on the pod one way or another patrick i've been waiting for this let's move on to little bit leave it it's a little bit leave it it's our final little bit leave it it's a little bit leave it and on this little bit leave it patrick it's a little bit leave it why don't we start with what you've got in the crock pot? Because it's a mm-hmm. whole lot of things. And first, and I don't even know if you're bringing more to the table. God help you if you are. But let's start with what you got right and what you didn't get right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the floor. Yeah, James. So just to start you off, I don't have anything ready yet. Uh, but God. by the end of the segment, I might. Uh, <laughs> so first thing, I said Burnmouth were going down. Got that right. Congrats to me. Straight 10 out of 10. Had a league one chick. Now my team's It ended up being pretty tight in the end. So I wouldn't say... I mean, it was probably a favorite. It was squeaky bum time it, for you. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a little squeaky bum time. But that one came through. Um, Danny Ings winning golden boot. He finished two goals off Jamie Vardy. So I'm going to go ahead and leave that take. Real talk, that's not me, though. Uh, in the past. I think that take left you. No, I, I I left the take, James. I, I don't know. You you weren't you weren't there, but but I left it before um, the season. In, in my mind, it, before the season ended, it, I left it. I was hoping that the Che Adams brace was just a, a mistyping, but no, it was it was in fact correct, and Danny Ings did not score twice. Um, When's the part where I get to trash the takes? Oh, so my future takes? No, any these these left behind takes. My Burnmouth take. Not the Burnmouth take. Danny oh, the Ings. ones that are still in the crock pot. Or Danny, Danny Ings. Ings. Trash Danny Ings. I can trash it? I think it would be foolish to do so, but but go ahead. You had an opportunity last week when the odds were against you to leave it and be a man of honor, knowing that it was likely not going to happen, and you didn't do it. Coward move. Coward move? The coward move is taking your chips off the table when the odds are against you. Sometimes, James, you just got to go all in with 2-7 off suit, and you hope that you can outmaneuver your competition. It didn't happen. But that's the that's the cojones move. That's the just slide with the center table. If you can see me on video, I'm doing the – I've got two hands. I'm grabbing all my chips, cupping them nice, and then slide into the middle. It's a nice big stack too, James. It's a big stack. 
because I've won a lot. And I'm that's why you leave. It. That's why you always leave Vegas with unprecedented scaries, the kind of thing yeah. that will drive you to an outback steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> one one day we should just do a summer, uh, just in the in the in the off season, just a full episode. Recap podcast that drive home going Outback to steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse, and we'll do it from that Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah, I love that. All right, we'll eat the, we're eating the lot. Well, that was the one thing I had to trash. I I don't know how many you have in the chamber right now. I think it's four. I think it's four. Yeah. So, uh, you already had your go at Pepe being in the team of the season. I'm not having a go before that, he retires. I've got two, I have to wait two years until I can have a go at that, which is yeah, unfair. Well, I mean, you can, but I get it. Well, the th- here's the thing. I knew you were going to take your shots all the way, so I just wanted you to have some skin in the game. So have your skin in the game. We'll, we'll see in a few years. The other <laughs> one that I had, let's see. I said I was going to win the Fantasy Premier League. So do you want to go have a go at that or just kind of chalk no, it up to yet. No, good shit yet. talking? Okay. Then I said, um, oh, I said uh, Arsenal were going to sign uh, Kai Havertz yeah, this are summer. Gonna, are you going to leave that one? Why would I, why would I leave that? Because he's... <laughs> That, please tell me that was rhetorical, James. Can it, but the thing is, you never even asked for my um, reasoning behind that statement. In true Patrick Crowley fashion, or rather, contrary to how you act, that was a very definite statement. He said Arsenal will sign Kai Havertz this summer. Correct, and it's yep. not going to happen. So I sure hope you're going to leave this. But why are you so convinced it's not going to happen? Because he's already linked strongly with Chelsea. And it's not, not Chelsea. What's up? All the headlines I've been reading is say he's eyeing a move to London. And I think, <laughs> listen, listen, I think that after looking at that dumpster fire that is Keppa, they're going to prioritize Mr. Oblock, even though they're saying that they can't get him. They're going to go, they're going to go get him. And that Arsenal are going to come out and make a huge, huge move that no one's expecting. That is what I think is going to happen. Okay. I honestly think that that is going to happen. Okay. I'll bite my tongue. Maybe I'm just trying to speak truth to power. But Let the record show all these ample opportunities you've had to leave takes. I, that's all I'm going to say. Let's move I'm on to the next I'm not saying I'm going to keep Kyle Havertz forever, um, but This week we'll you're see. keeping him. Are you also we'll keeping De Gea will not start the first game of next season in goal? For now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got no reason to drop that one now. We'll see if Dean Henderson even goes back out on loan. <laughs> if Dean Henderson goes back out on loan, yeah, I'm going to leave it. But that's that's so that's you're bet, you're basically. only dropping takes when it's like basically impossible for it to come true. I wouldn't say impossible. Like if Danny Ings was six goals off, I would have dropped it. Oh god. Yeah. So frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah, I don't know why it's why you get so. This segment, James, is about future opportunity. You're trying to treat it as an area for to be humble, which I have no interest in. I just want you to be a student of the game. Well, James, you gotta, you gotta. Again, I shoot to get hot. Thought you would know this by now. I'm gonna find my <laughs> rhythm, and then I'm gonna have so many little bit leavets that you're not even gonna know what's happening and yeah, I'm just gonna be no, crushing No, I mean, segment. you're gonna reach critical mass and have so many takes out there that we can't keep track. And then it's gonna become Wall Street. This segment's gonna be too big to fail. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a new one. Nope. Where... Sh- sh- shut up. I got okay. two. I okay. got two. James has, James has skin in the game now. 
All right, let's go. What's what are they? Oh, remember, I got to bite my tongue for a week. Yep. Here's my first one. United will have signed Sancho by the next time we pod. Just for a point of clarification, when we record or release? Next time we record. Record, okay. Do you like how I'm in full control of that take? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you don't even have the opportunity to leave it. <laughs> by the next time we pod, United will have signed Sancho. It's it's a bold one, but I I love I love the way that you set it out. I love the way that you just don't you don't just... worry, fans. Don't worry, fans. We'll find ways to get you content. But I want you all to know, and I'm sure you'll respect me for this. I'm committed to this take. <laughs> Moving on. That's how you Pat, play on summer break, folks. Pat, here's <laughs> <laughs> two tickets to paradise. <laughs> here's a spicy one for you. Okay. Fulham will be the team that gets promoted from the EFL Championship playoffs and get relegated in one season. Now that's a take. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Not even a reaction. I mean, I'm not allowed to wow, say anything. I'm a, little, I'm a little shook. I'm a little shook. I'm not allowed to say okay. anything. I'm respecting the segment. Yeah, I guess okay. you respect it more than I do. That's fair. Yeah, you... you you just guffaw <laughs> through all of my all of my uh, reasonable thoughts, and then literally, li- guys. The, the James sent me agenda. This little bit leave it, it says James's new takes. Patrick's dumpster fire. That's the notes for this whole segment. <laughs> Keep There's it classy. No respect. Keep it classy. There's no since respect being given to me here. <laughs> Those I, notes um, were between us. Yeah, I'm going out to the fans. The fans will know. The fa- the, the fans got my back, James. I trust. Mm. Mm. Who's 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 little bit leave it takes are better on the Instagram story tomorrow, James or Patrick? Wow, let's have a vote. Wow, Think, let's the people decide. Volume simply, volume does enough. not equal quality. But let's leave volume, it at that. Volume times quality equals superiority. <laughs> That's what Liverpool showed this year. A lot of wins and good wins. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next pseudo-British segment you all know and love. You done note. Patrick, last week we talked captains in the most obscure sense of it. This week we're talking transfers in the most obscure sense. It can be anything related to the subject, past, present, or future. I think it makes for the best content. We'll let you guys be the judges of that. Uh, I have three in the chamber. Do you have three in the chamber? I do. And I also just had another idea that we should ask... We should try to do a live You Done Now where we ask um, the fans to submit a topic and we just read it live on air and come up with some You Done Nows. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Great. All right. I look forward to you setting that up. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I got my three. I got my three. <laughs> okay. Uh, Why don't you go first so I know how to order mine again? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Well, as is tradition at this point, I do one that is fair. I do one that's a little cheeky and then one that is a straight up titty twister. Mm-hmm. So here's the first one, Patrick. Any newly promoted club who spends as much as Wolves did would do just as well. Money equals wins. City have proven it. PSG has proven it. Chelsea's even proven it over all these years. Why do you think Bayern's at the top of the Bundesliga? You don't know. <laughs> That really applied to the any newly promoted club 
mm. segment of that. <laughs> mm. Suppose I kind of got lost in the sauce there. <laughs> you took it abroad. <laughs> yeah. No, you went Mr. International on that one. Yeah, I tried to I tried to just draw the corollary between money and wins and then just forgot the rest of the question. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good start. It's a hot start. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Usain Bolt without... Actually, no, Usain Bolt's known for finishing strong. It was Usain um, Bolt just sprinting in the opposite direction of the race. Okay. It's entertaining, but it's hard to watch. Okay, my first one. Okay. Um, Chelsea will get another transfer ban this decade. Yeah, I mean, when Fat Frank is in charge of who you're bringing into the club, there's bound to be a few mistakes. Sometimes you're going to overcommit in your promises and get your hand slapped. Just ask Pep. Dale. Quit my <laughs> Try to give you a little layup just to shit on Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Good. Well played. Well played. <laughs> there was no substance to that. There was no, no, I got to reel it in. I got to reel so, it in. It was so, just... Uh, it was just a thing. I just barked. I just barked for 10 seconds. Yeah, well, I, just, I gave you a very broad and easily defensible position. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. well, speaking of Chelsea, uh, Fernando Torres will be remembered for his time at Chelsea, not Liverpool. Yeah, people don't get remembered for their greatest successes. They get remembered for their blunders, and that's what he has. Why do you think no one is talking about David De Gea standing on his head? That's because he's being remembered for the ball going through his leg. You got no I don't think those little quips at the end are making it in there. <laughs> I just like to give myself some room to play with in the see, editing. See ya, bud. It's like that scene in The Office where Ryan Howard's just like saying a whole bunch of non sequiturs. You're like, what's he going? He goes, yeah, just just pick whichever one works the best. That's kind of how I do things. <laughs> yeah, except that's not how the segment works, unfortunately. No, not at all. Uh, all right, what do you got? Okay. Rob Holding being bought for $2 million is the best value buy in the history of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's just like FIFA, Patrick. It's about potential. It's not about overall. Rob Holding, he's still a delicate little uh, cocoon that's going to become a caterpillar butterfly. Wow, that was beautiful, James. Mm-hmm. I feel I don't like even that know how long it was, but I, like I can promise you, I can promise you, you're not getting cut off. Well articulated. I lose track of time when I start speaking. That's mm-hmm. not even for this segment. That's in general. Right. Yeah. In ten seconds is not long at all we might need to change that to 15 seconds because it's really putting us in a box but maybe we'll ask the fans maybe they'll like mm-hmm. it well maybe we'll figure out some uh, do's and don'ts on the live segment yeah and most times i don't even know like i don't even get to my point until around 30 seconds in so i'm just cutting myself <laughs> off and this just sounds it's, it's, <laughs> it's never good just, it is it, it is funny um yeah all right here is the mind melter Leicester signing Mares from French cr- club Le Havre for $550,000 was bad business. If you spend less than a million dollars on something, it's not coming with a warranty. It's not coming with a guarantee. You're rolling the dice. And what happened to, th- to that situation, Mares came in, destroyed the culture, and then left to Manchester City. And now look what you got. A whole bunch of losers came to make Champions League. They once won the league. Get my s- Destroyed the culture. <laughs> that's, an, that's an indefensible take. There's no. There's, that's why it's the spicy. Oh, that's there's. Yeah, no, okay. it was truly backed Did into you just, a hole there. 
Did you just look up best best transfer buys of the last decade, and then they're like, "This one's the worst." Um, it was it was the one that came to mind. I didn't even have to look it up. Well, the price I looked up. Um, That's an incredible bit of business. Wow. Yeah. Didn't they sell them for like what was it like sixty five or something? It was like 50? no, I feel like it was just like a thousand percent or a hundred thousand on that. It was like fifty five million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, wow. Great bit of business. Well, not to mention... They do some damn good business, Lester. I think Conte came from another similar French club for a similar price, and then obviously the Vardy story is he came up from, like, Fleetwood Town or whatever, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, they moved on from... I mean, Maguire they've done. They'll probably do something similar with Chilwell. Probably Soyuncu in a number of seasons. Like, they're, they're churning out talent like that, so if they can keep that culture and they can keep... You know, like re- restore what Mars destroyed. Uh, I think that they could be around for a while. <laughs> yeah, good uh, way to bring it full circle there. <laughs> yeah, try to tie my through line in here. Give me some credibility. Okay, here's here's one for you. You're gonna love. Jaden Sancho will be the start of a trend where young El- English talents stay abroad during their prime and return to the Premier League as their swan song. Mm, yeah, it's kind of things come in trends, Patrick. So what we've seen is English players struggle to go abroad. And now we're in the opposite. They've adapted. You're seeing it with Bale, British player, you know, enjoying the prime of his career in Real Madrid. Sancho's doing the same. He'll he'll come to United eventually. Okay. How, how was that um, for time? Time wasn't bad. Um, you just didn't want to. <laughs> you just didn't want to believe that to be true. Uh, I said he'll no. I I said he'll come back later. Yeah, yeah. I was more thinking when he's like thirty. Mm, I do have a uh, yeah. I do have a tendency to just not answer the question. Yeah. No, you 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 did you did and then you you didn't. But I was curious about this because the English the young English talents going abroad when they're between like eighteen and twenty two. I've noticed. I don't know if it's, I've noticed an uptick of that or I just pay more attention to it now, but it seems particularly popular. Uh, and Sancho is kind of, I don't want to say he's the first, but kind of the first that's kind of, it, to, to my knowledge, kind of risen to like first team on a Champions League side and yeah, yeah, just, just done that. Like yeah, I feel like everyone so- returns home before they reach those heights abroad. Yeah, I mean, it's well documented how English players never reach heights um abroad you would have like the anomaly of like the david beckham michael owen galacticos going to real madrid but um it was never really the case and now i think i'd make the argument that the premier league is a much more global league and english players are adapting to kind of like foreign influence and therefore maybe better suited to go play abroad mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 i just i found it found it to be curious quite curious quite all right let's move it on down the line pat do you have a do you have a men of culture by any chance um i know sometimes you bring a sneaky one in so i just want to give you the opportunity no i feel like i did but i'm forgetting it so you can just take that bad bad guy okay well i got two for you first and foremost just paying our respects uh david silva retired in uh the last game of his career for Man City and a pretty glittering prize-laden career as it was. Uh, is he a top 10 Premier League player of all time for you? He was getting a lot of respect. No, not even close. Yeah, yeah. I don't Hell think he no. sniffs it. Hell no. I think he's, I think he's like, I think he's probably in the in the 2030 range for me, but I'd have to even mm. go back and confirm that. Uh, I'll give him top 25. 
I think people were putting too much respect on his name. I mean, there's going to be a recency bias, but you know, I I don't even think he's a. I mean, he. I don't think he's more valuable than either company or Aguero. If you're just going to look at his own team, at his own position, I mean, he's up there for midfielders for sure. I wouldn't put him ahead of Fabregas. I don't know if that's biased. They're probably pretty comparable in the end. Um, yeah. yeah. I I mean, no, I think that's not just... even going back into like your. You know the, the the glory years of Manchester United and the Arsenal Invincibles era, and you know Lampard, Gerrard. Like I mean, I, I wouldn't put him in that tier. You know, don't get me wrong. I think he was an absolute pleasure to watch and a great influence. Oh, yeah, on, for sure on the Premier for League. Sure. But I think it was that like you're basking in the limelight of someone, you know, a great player retire, and you start having these debates about how good they were. And I saw top ten come up in a lot of Twitter threads, and I was like, really, really. Um. I'm sure Kate is over there somewhere just seething, but just screaming. Yeah. Just, just ready, ready to, ready to take us down. Mm-hmm. We'll ask that on our summer round table. We'll see where they, where they think the three right. of them rank all time. Yeah. But I'm glad we're in agreement there. Anyway, yeah. is he, is he outright retiring? I thought I saw a, a, a news that he might go to Lazio. Oh, for real? I saw that on Reddit today. I don't oh, know. Maybe if he it actually... was just his, he, he was confirmed leaving city. Mm. Yikes. One of those. He is no longer going to be in the Premier League. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, for sure. Retirement is so loose these days, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. The news is Lazio are in negotiations to sign David Silva when he leaves Man City next month. Silva has also had dinner with Lazio director of sport, Iglitari. What did they have for dinner? Let me just open this. Pasta. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, happy trails to David Silva. Maybe not yes. retiring. Maybe headed to Serie A. Better suited to, you know, a retired player for a retirement league. Do you like your David Silva bald or with hair? I like my David Silva with hair. So do I. Chip so do I. I think esque features. We are aligned on a lot of things, David Silva. But yeah. yes, we. I, I bid him adieu. Absolute class player. Uh, stapled the Premier League for probably close to a decade. And yeah. You know, yeah. He'll, he'll be well missed by City and you know anybody who's a true Premier League fan, no doubt. Well said, well said. Well, keeping in the vein of City for men of culture, uh, it came to light that Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs, Wolves, and Arsenal all teamed up in a complaint of sorts to FIFA Financial Fair Play or whatever that corrupt organization is that they should relook at City's case for obstructing those rules and now pep you know he had he took a few jibes at arsenal um for being one of those teams leading the charge there so i think he's got well enough bulletin board material for who's gonna he's going after next season it's basically the whole top half of the table isn't it oh yeah i mean it makes sense (laughs) it like norwich had no business putting in that complaint they're like you guys got this imagine the goal. <laughs> this was submitted by Tim Cruel, MD, <laughs> from the personal from the personal desk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, Pep's gonna have a little extra spice when he goes into those top table matchups, as if he needs it. Yeah. Um, I mean, is is there anything substantial to this claim, or is everyone just whining? Um. No, I mean, I think it it was confirmed. That these were the teams that put in like official. You should review this complaints or whatever. 
Oh, I mean, is this like a new? Is this like a new ruling after the review, or is this like part of the original complaints that were filed against City that started this whole thing? This is after the ruling that City was um, cleared of all charges. The teams were like, "That's not cool. Take another look. Count it again." <laughs> I demand a recount. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Looks a little foolish from Arsenal's end, finishing eighth. Truly. But, um, yeah, hey, Pep, Pep had a particular my, go at Arsenal. What was that about? I didn't see it, um, so I don't want to comment wildly, uh, but I'll do it anyway. I think it was probably uh, he expects Arteta to kind of have his back. Arteta is also very – whenever Arteta was asked about City – in the media, he was very much, if not on Pep's side, refused to comment. Mm-hmm. The whole, every single time anything about City was asked was asked about with the financial play, mm-hmm. any links like that. So I think it might have become as a little bit of a, a surprise to Pep that he was taken aback. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure I doubt it was Arteta that was filing the complaint. You know what I mean? I don't think he's yeah. going up to the yeah. to, to the board and saying, "Hey, let's do this." So, uh, but also I just. These things happen all the time. Like you appeal a red card, it's not coming back. It is what it is. Sure. You know, moving along. Yeah, move it right along. Uh, Patrick, let's move this right along. I want to hear your freak of the week. My freak of the week is actually a try freak of the week. And these are freaks who went out of their way this season <laughs> to go ahead oh, and it's a season her- award. Yeah, to break some records. So first freak is a good freak. Uh, it's it's going to Kevin De Bruyne, who tied uh, Thierry Henry's assist record of 20 assists in a season. Only five players have ever gotten 18 or more in a season. Uh, he has now done this in two leagues. He did 20 assists at Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga. Kevin De Bruyne did. So hats off to him. Truly fantastic season. Obviously helped guide Will Jones to the dub. Um, but that's my first freak. Not a small, not a small feat. Um, second freak. Going to David Luiz, breaking the record for most penalties conceded in a season with five. I will tell you just anecdotally, I don't know this to be true, but I'm certain that every single one of those penalties was not awarded from VAR. They were bang on penalties spotted by the official and never in right doubt. off the bat. Never, never in, in doubt. doubt. Never in doubt. And and I think that if there's someone that deserves to hold that record, earnestly I think that that should be David Luiz. I think doubt. that he embodies what that record is meant just to clangers be. of of penalty giveaways yeah 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 and then mixed in with you know a world-class performance against City sure in the, sure i, I mean you have to you have it's to insane. it's the dance it's insane it's the dance that my, you do in my last freak james another record another penalty record to your manchester united <laughs> you must be so proud they've broken the record for most penalties in a season um so yeah that's my triple freak all award winners, record setters. Oh, what a freak. great wrap up. What a great wrap up. All warranted freaks. That's good, Patrick. That's good. Yeah. Um, I will say for the record, I do think United gets more calls than they deserve, but I went back and looked at all of those penalties looking to make the case that there's only about like three like, or four that are questionable. Yeah. And, I think that the the arguments that make people upset is that you feel like you don't get the benefit of the doubt when it's their team, but you know that is and the beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, so I think it's more a discrepancy with the rest of the league. But I don't think United were gifted all that many penalties. There's a couple Patrick, that do stand out. Thank but, you for saying that, and know. I hope you can 
thank me in reciprocity, I didn't even feel like I needed to defend myself. I was ready to move right along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I think that says everything um someone that needs uh, to be said about dude, United you need fans and everyone out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone out there, you need to uh you need to go follow Pogba Senior on Twitter. Uh, Patrick, I've just been funneling his tweets towards your text uh yeah. DMs every single day cuz they have me in stitches after the Leicester game. Um they they screenshotted probably the worst looking angle of like Wes Morgan and Johnny Evans clashing <laughs> into Martial and they're like, Mandem trying to tell me we lucky. <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. cutting him down. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, my freak, it's a little more singularly focused. It's uh rather an entity or a body, Patrick. I'm giving it to the Football Writers Association, who deemed it that this season's footballer of the year was Jordan Henderson. <laughs> and I, I did a little extra research. It turns out this is their actual description. It actually is very vague. Uh, the Football Writers Association Football of the Year is an annual award given to the player who is adjudged to have been the best of the season in English football. So by, by way of that, what this has led to is my secondary honorary freak, which is the old football purists who get mad at millennials mm. for looking at stats and try to make the claim that Kevin De Bruyne, arguably the best player in the world, let alone the league, um, deserved to win it. They get very upset. I watched uh, Steve Nichol and Craig Burley on ESPN, who, by the way, have probably the worst coverage of soccer in, in all of news media. <laughs> I, it's, it's astounding how bad it is. They're just two angry old white men, and they yelled at the host, this like intern aged guy, just like probing them with devil's advocate questions about like, well, what about De Bruyne? They went off on him for doing his job. Just like probing with devil's advocate type questions of like, well, De Bruyne tied the season record for assists. He leads the league in goals and assists tally combined. Um, and they were saying like, people don't understand the things that don't show up on stats. And, um, it, <laughs> It was a sight to behold. Anyway, I don't know where you stand on this, but I think Jordan Henderson, you know, obviously leadership qualities, obviously a good captain, obviously in the best team in England, and maybe that's just like a reason for winning it, but I think it's laughable when you, you, you judge quality of a player and put him above the likes of a De Bruyne or even another Liverpool player, not even being biased. Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get, I get why, um, why he is where he is, but I do, I, 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 I don't think it's that egregious. Kevin De Bruyne is my player of the year. If I'm, if I'm giving it out, uh, I, I'm, I've been very, very bullish on him for, for quite a while. Um, but I think that what Liverpool embodied this year was kind of this unbeatable nature, and they were more of a uh, they certainly talented individuals but they were a team who i think really maximized their collective uh their collective kind of um yeah i i don't know plenty of people have been having a go at liverpool recently uh which just seems odd to me but um some people were saying they they outperformed that they shouldn't be the, this mm, good no, it might have been a dangerous Gary game wouldn't be saying yeah. that yeah yeah and 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 it, you know the the expected goals tally might might lead you to believe that's the case but for me you know Jordan Henderson 
really came into his own this year as a leader, and it felt like that's what that squad needed to push them over over the top was basically somebody to kind of manifest the vision of Jurgen Klopp on the field and mm-hmm. control the game on the field. And, and but I, I there's there's perfectly valid Listen, points for Borja and, and, yeah. and Van Dyke as well and, and other players on on that team. And maybe it's a no wrong answer thing, and I buy all of that. And listen, like, I don't need to be told by some old man who played the sport before, like, sports science and stats existed, that there are some intangibles that come with playing that box-to-box midfielder role. I get that. And I'd be curious to do a roundtable with our Liverpool fans this summer and ask them if they think Jordan Henderson is the most important player on Liverpool, which they very might well say that he is. But I'm just saying... I think to a certain extent they sought out like a worthy or a controversial decision versus like what I think is like the obvious clear cut decision of like the best player in the Premier League is Kevin De Bruyne. Right. Yeah, I mean he absolutely is. There's right. No doubt about that. Right. But I yeah. guess if so, you're I mean, like, I, you can define like the player of the year to be more than just like quality on the field. Yeah, right. I guess sure. is what they're saying, which is. Yeah, it's 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 laughable when you really break it down, but uh, you know, I, I I think that he's had a year worthy of the award. Whether others have had a better year, sure, I think it's certainly true. But, sure, you know that's not how they did it. Well, yeah. Um, hey, credit to speaking him. Speaking of people who we slag off, that we should be giving some rec, some some props to. Uh, I think I knew Mourinho both... was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to give um, give a shout out to Ederson. We talk a lot of shit about Ederson. Uh, but Ederson finished as the uh, with the Golden Glove, sixteen clean sheets on the year. Alone on we his hill, We always talk right? about how he isn't that good of a goalie, and they had a shit defense. So surely something's up, you know. Well, um, not to throw a spoke in that, I, I did mention earlier that Norwich um, had a goal ruled back or called back from VAR for um, a slight offside. It's actually a pretty decent goal, so they had it ruled out to go ahead. Um, it was a clanger from Ederson (laughs) like he just conceded a goal at his near post and like it got called back and obviously they didn't concede for the rest of the game and then he won the he won the out and out golden glove and sometimes that's just how it goes but um but no I'm just having a go I'm just having a go I obviously he's a good keeper it gets under my skin a little bit when he when people say he's the he's the best keeper in Manchester but I I you know I'm obviously strongly biased and it's hard for me to look at him and be like how is this the epitome of a of a world class goalkeeper, but we live yeah, in strange yeah, times. We all watched the Manchester Derby. Didn't seem like that guy would get sixteen clean sheets, but here we are. Yeah, we live in strange times, Patrick. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, Ederson is he's good. He's a good keep. So respect on that name and respect on Nick Pope. Who, uh, when you talk about keeper clangers, I'm starting to walk away from that Pickford take, which I think I was. Just, I was. I was just about to say. Yeah. Are we at least on the fence with Pickford? Yeah, the dude yeah. is. The dude is like, you might as well not be there. He gave me one of the best summers of my life. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, I'm not going to have a go at you for liking him, but... No, I don't yeah. even like him. I just associate him with, you know, the penalty save against Columbia. So Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. All right. Let's wrap it up. We got goal of the week, goal of the season, and then an FA Cup edition of Degenerate District, because I know you all love our takes that just can't miss. Um, goal of the week. Patrick, I'll go first just because we've been on the subject. De Bruyne. Kevin, freaking De Bruyne. A goal against Norwich. Um, it looked like what you do when you're playing, like, keep away with a ball in the garden from your dog. You're just like, 
dangling it back and forth between your left foot and right foot. And then he just decided he wanted to pick out the top right corner with a curling shot from like 25 yards. Um, He's so good. It was, it was insane. And then like the no celebration, it, it just, it just caps it all off. It's, it's, it's quite literally like, he's just, just so good at this that it just doesn't even amuse him. It was insulting to him that they were on the same field. Like no one else can do. Yeah. Or he just does it with an ease. Like it just there's there's like a, a an ease to his game. I think that's probably what it is. That he's just so much fun to watch play. Yeah, so much fun. Totally. Beautiful goal. I'm gonna wind it back to midweek. Okay. I'm giving it to uh, Tammy Abraham, which is really the Christian Pulisic run. Taking a page out of NBC Sports playbook, Pulisic slicing and dicing the Liverpool defense. I think he mm-hmm. went through mm-hmm. Alexander Arnold, Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, Fabinho, and then eventually Gomez, Megan Gomez before slotting ball between Ederson and Van Dyke for 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 Tammy Abraham sit in or uh, tap in. Oh, oh, that was a sexy run. Okay, ESPN. I didn't know you were mm. here. Yeah, got to hop on the train. He no, he looks he looks a great player, and yeah, Project Restart has been a been a great showcase for Christian Pulisic. Without a doubt. I mean, Lampard's got to be licking his lips, not just at food in any shop window, but also the prospect <laughs> of Pulisic and Ziyech and Werner and uh, Tammy Abraham battling it out for these spots. And Giroud, who took them over um, the finish line as far as top four and then might yeah. finish off Arsenal. Right, he did it before. He hasn't in, done it before. In a cup final. His old... Squad, Patrick, I'll give you first dibs on goal of the season. Yeah, real quick before we jump into that, I did a quick little um, performance review. Um, only Kepa uh, has a worse save percentage this year than Jordan Pickford. Kepa's is actually horrendous. It is fifty four percent. Put the shot on shot on frame. It's going in forty six percent of the time. Did you see that meme that just kept going around in Liverpool Chelsea? where it was like each player, each Liverpool's player who scored a goal, someone just comped him up with the phrase, like, lads, it's Kepa in net. Just have one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's miraculous. miraculous. He's just not a good keeper, huh? No, no. And he also is – he's 16th in um, shots against. 16th in, in shots against. And then he's 8th in goals goals allowed. Big yikes. Big yikes. Huge yikes. Um, absolutely huge yikes. It's just, it's it's abysmal. Uh, but anyway, goal of the season, James, you'll be quite pleased. I'm giving this one um, to the Bruno Fernandez counterattacking goal wow. against Brighton. That, it might be a bit of recency bias because I quite literally am having trouble. I had trouble like thinking of goals before Project Restart. Um, nothing really came to mind. So this is certainly the goal since Project Restart. Uh, I'll put a mm-hmm. tiny asterisk on myself. But this was a five... Th- I've, I've watched this goal so many times. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite goals. And he, it, it, was, it was a flawless counterattack. Two touches from Nemanja Matic. A side-footed volley halfway up the field. Perfectly in stride to Mason Greenwood. Who takes a touch. Picks up his head. And then floats a ball. Back post. Bruno Fernandez, a clean, full volley, no doubt about it, finish. Five touches to go probably 100 yards, 80, 90 yards. It was it was just so, so beautiful. And it was at a point in the game, too, where it was like, are they ever going to stop scoring? It was, yeah. it was, a, it it was, was a such one. a special goal. It was a good one. Love a, I think my favorite goal, 
just like you, Patrick, is a counterattacking goal. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I love that goal. Obviously, I, I I did dig a little bit to the season in totality, and this one did kind of get swept under the rug. But when I rewatched it, I knew it had to be this one. Uh, Hyungmin Son against Burnley. I don't know if you remember this one. He took this the a solo goal. Solo goal took the ball yeah, from his. Didn't own. Didn't even get my goal of the week. <laughs> I think solo goals are an absolute joke. I think anyone could do it if the situation's right. This is, this is a calamitous decision. This is a calamitous decision. That's so ridiculous. That's so yeah, it wasn't ridiculous. my goal of the week. Oh my god, we need to pull this up. Patrick, these are professional football players. He just dribbled like seven of them. He dribbled com- he dribbled straight against he the Burnley defense. Oh my god. He didn't Lord. change his path. Oh my he lord, we're gonna have to post this one. This is this is the goal of the season. I will give you by next podcast. I will give you ten goals that are better. This is that'll be what that'll be my first thesis paper on the website on the blog. Will be ten goals that are better than Hungman Sun's solo goal. I don't know if this is just a Spurs thing or you're a little tired or cranky. This is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I don't think. It's just solo goals don't do it for me. I I, I much prefer a team goal. The way that oh, I, rank it, I get it, I get it. It's it's the Ryan Giggs against Arsenal thing. I get no, it. No, it all that. makes sense. No, it all makes sense now. Thierry Henry's you just most like famous goal goals. is a solo goal. So that was the one against Spurs, where then he ran all the way back to the Spurs supporters, and then he did the pose, and now is cast in cast in bronze. <laughs> what I rank them team goals, bangers. And a banger is anything over 25 yards that is full-stretch goalie with a good dive. My argument is that's just one good strike of the ball that anyone can do. That's why it's below a team goal. And then a solo goal is last. Oh, my Lord. Whatever the hell Danny Welbeck and Chicharito are capable of, then solo goals, (laughs) then own goals, and then below own goals are goals offset pieces. Not counting free kicks. Like, like headed goals off a set piece, Understood. or like a, you know, like a ball played in in the finish, like a Harry Maguire the, sweeping it in from one yard. That is biased because forty six percent of the goals Arsenal conceded this year came from set pieces. Mm-hmm. And so you're putting forty six percent. You're putting Son's solo effort just above that. No, it's above own goals. Oh, good. Okay, got it. Um, own goals are below. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Uh, wow. All Sorry, right. I completely torpedoed that. If, do you want to actually talk about that goal? No, no. <laughs> I think any just student of the game can appreciate that as the true goal of the season. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know I'd, what else to tell you. I'd be shocked if it was goal of the week. Or even goal of the month. <laughs> All right, we got to take to we got to take to the community on this one. This is heated, Patrick. Yeah. This is heated. But um, I can't believe you've done this. Let me. Yeah. Uh, I will never forgive this. <laughs> Let me collect myself while you take us out with the nearest and dearest segment to our heart, Degenerate District. Well, James, this is going to be a, a tight segment uh, because I didn't give the fans what they promised. Which you was sure a, didn't. Uh, yeah, guys, I woke up at halftime, slept through, got a little saucy uh, the day before. Um, so the, here it is. Rob been... Holding to score a solo goal. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I haven't even looked at the lines, but take it to the bank. Lock Arsenal to win. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Lock it to win. Yeah. Now that we don't have ten, any, now that we don't yeah. have any of Ben Reed's money, 
Um, it's just throw it against the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, this is yeah, this is this is a bet for the people. This is a free bet. This is me just dispelling my knowledge. I haven't been great since Project Restart. I've been um, more of a Lester uh, than a, uh, than a United, if you will. Uh, but I'm I'm confident in this one. It's tournament play. It's cup play. FA Cups, Arsenal's get stuck in, lads. Okay. Okay. All right. We've reached the end of the season. Patrick, do you want to recap some things to be on the lookout for as we go into... I know it's on me, and that's launching the pod around the time that Jaden Sancho puts pen to, puts in ink to paper on the United deal. If it looks like that's uh, a little ways out, I'll swallow my pride and get us back on the air. I don't want to do this to you guys. I don't want to hold you hostage over my take. But I will to an extent. I will to an extent. But aside from that... you think it could actually happen in the next, like... Two weeks? Yeah, I think everything's so weird okay. right now. And Dorman's been done for so long. And uh, we want to get him into the team as soon as possible. I think deals are going to start getting done in the next couple of weeks. Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I could use a week off, and then we'll we'll dive back in. We'll mm-hmm. see what see what, what happens there. Uh, we're also, we've been teasing it, whether it's going to be a, a full-on full on blog or, or just a website. We don't really know what it's going to look like yet. So it's a bit of a surprise, a teaser for ourselves, Ethan. We'll be launching uh, a website for some more detailed content. Um, so instead of kind of unleashing my my 30-minute Arsenal rants, I'll just put pen to paper and I'll just say, check out my rant online. I'll get It'll be a means for me to get that out. If you're interested, go there. James will do the same. Might even have some of our prem heads. Uh, right for their respective teams, Ooh. so we can kind of do some deep dives, and then we'll have interesting pieces like uh, why Hyung Young Sung's goal is uh, not top ten of the season, and um, deep statistical analyses or things things like that. Yes, uh, so that's one thing. Yes, well said. Um, we'll we'll have some summer content again, mm-hmm. format TBD, but a return to the roundtables. I think we've got to get, get yeah. Back on. We'll be getting the interviews back on. So. Um... If you if you love the cast, reach out. We're more than happy to have you on. You know we have we have guests that we know and love, but we're always looking for more new faces and people to talk to. And mm-hmm. um, I think, just, it, especially Chelsea fans, we'd love to just shuttle Carl right out of the right out of the mix. Yes, but, yes, um, we are looking we to need offload. Them right now. We're, yeah, we're looking you to guys offload can understand some players that. if you know what we're saying. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Patrick, here we are closing the book on yet another season. It's been a wild been a ride. One. It's been a wild ride. Uh, until next time, be on the lookout for our summer editions of Prem de la Prem. And soon enough, it'll be September 12th, and we'll be right back at it for season number three of Prem de la Prem. Until next time, on behalf of Patrick, this is James, signing off. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.